Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters of spooky Bosco boys. Boom, the boys are back. The boys are back, and it is time to talk about K-State at Oklahoma State. The Cats are going down to Stillwater, which has been very spooky for the Cats. I'm pumped to talk about it, uh, to move on from bye week. I had fun with the bye week content, but it's always more fun to be talking about actual games um we're getting back into the traditional game preview uh format we're gonna hit on some notes touch on coach Kleiman's press conference as well as the player uh press availability I'll, I'll kind of talk about the what is on the line but i'll be looking for all that jazz i'll hit my keys to v my picks to click and uh we'll, we'll get some uh game predictions uh, kind of a interesting one, you know. We got some bye weeks, so we're getting a lot of other games. And what's fun, what's funny is, you know, there's always the talk about, oh, you know, no good games, blah 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 blah. You, you know, you only hear that during the non-con, and that week turned out to be super great. Looking at the schedule this week, it is the exact same situation. Not a lot of top twenty-five teams playing each other. Not a lot of super close lines. And it's funny. It is very funny how some of these wannabe tastemakers in the college football world, oh, they don't start running their mouths about it. Uh, It's only when it's in the non-con. It's funny. It's maybe like the college football folks, these wannabe tastemakers, don't actually like college football. They just like to be able to say they turned on a SEC matchup and all that jazz. But, hey, that's for maybe another show. Uh, We'll get into the news. Not a lot of crazy news. Um, This week, I think it was on Monday, um, it it came out that Houston and Baylor just down to standing room only tickets, making the Iowa State game the only game with seats available through K-State on the upper deck. I think it's around 400 now. Uh, So we're closing in on the season sellout, the above-seated capacity uh, mark for the second straight season at K-State. Absolutely awesome. Uh, by my count, exactly 100 season tickets remain for K-State basketball, which will be tipping off in Bramlage here in like six weeks. Um, I think there will be some single game availability, but not a lot. So 
the rush, the the kind of quest to sell out uh, Bramlage Coliseum for the entire season is on. It'd be the first time both Bramlage and Bill Snyder Family Stadium hit seated capacity for ticket sales for the entire season. Now, we're going to have the conversations. I know it's going to happen in season on Twitter, on message boards, on this show talking about actual butts and seats and all that type of stuff. We'll worry about that when the time comes. Getting the tickets sold, getting the revenue to the athletic department, driving up that demand in the secondary market, driving up that uh, demand for season tickets for single game. That is the baseline. That is what you have to hit to be able to get to a situation where you are packing the majority of the stadium night in, night out. So great news on the ticket front. Um, Chris Kleiman confirmed uh, some rumors were bouncing around on Monday about Asa Newsom, the true freshman linebacker out of Arizona. Um, it was confirmed he sustained an injury during the bye week, and they are just going to redshirt him this season. The exact injury was not disclosed. Um, hopefully it's not super uh, serious. The way Chris Kleiman kind of addressed it made me think, eh, you know, it's something that maybe he could get back by the end of the season, but instead they're just going to preserve that redshirt season. So hopefully Asa Newsome bounces back uh, for next season. And then on our opponent's side of things, uh, Oklahoma State has returned the triple or. Um, so... Uh, all three of their quarterbacks that they've been playing this season showed up on the one line of their depth chart. Uh, the presumption uh, from just about everywhere is Alan Bowman will get the majority of the snaps. We'll see what happens there. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, I, I can't remember if I put this in my notes or not, but Chris Kleiman touched on it. That's what he's expecting as well. So we'll see what happens on Friday. Um so yeah, I mean, we'll see. I'm I, that's what I expect. I, I'm not overly nervous if they start bouncing around, but we'll see. Especially after the bye week, so um, expect to see Alan Bowman out there. Maybe we'll see some other guys uh, take some snaps, uh, but we'll see. All right, let's get into the Chris Kleiman press conference. Before we do, shout out to our friends over at Manhattan Brewing Company. We talked about all the fun events that are going to be going on this week. Uh, on yesterday's show, again, if you're not making it down to Stillwater, if you're not going to be rocking your lavender in the sea of black down there in Oklahoma, watch the game over at Manhattan Brewing Company. Drive into Manhattan, maybe you know, have have a nice little weekend in Manhattan without a home football game, but drink a couple pints, take a couple four packs back to your hotel or back to your house, grab some crowlers, enjoy the night. If I'm not going to be at the game, I might just have to drive out to Manhattan Brewing Company and take it in right there on points. Manhattan Brewing Company truly is the best brewery in the state. I love it. Great staff there as well. You're going to have a first-class experience if you visit the tap room and enjoy a little bit of Friday night football at the brewery. All right, Chris Kleiman, um, you guys know this. I, I always try to analyze his... Uh, body language, his tone, and try to take something from his mood. And uh, this means absolutely nothing because I thought he was in a joking mood having fun before the Missouri game, and we lost that one. But he, he didn't really seem in a great mood. He wasn't really joking around. He wasn't really laughing or smiling a lot. 
Uh, and, I mean, for better or worse, it's just kind of adding into a gut feel. I, I woke up this morning not with the best gut feeling about this game. I'm starting to get a little nervous. I'm starting to be like, man, you know, there's no way we're going to kick their ass back-to-back years. So I'm getting a little nervous. Chris Kleiman, he didn't say anything. There's nothing he actually said, no answers that he had that really concerned me. It's just like, man, I, I kind of wish he would have cracked a couple jokes, laughed a little bit. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. Um, he kicked things off talking about how, hey, everything is a day moved up based on their schedule uh, with the Friday game instead of Saturday. Said that that means they had to start their Oklahoma State prep this past Sunday, which originally would have been like an extra off day. So the guys were robbed of, you know, one off day before uh, or during this bye week. But they're going to get it back next or, or this upcoming weekend uh, with no game on Saturday. And then they'll have su- uh, Sunday off. Um, and just have to watch a little film. So they have Saturday off, film on Sunday in rehab, and then they get back into their schedule starting Monday. So they'll have a, they'll get that day back on Saturday, um, assuming they get back to Manhattan uh, late Saturday night. Um, talked about how last week, the bye week, they always try to focus on younger players, doing K-State and K-State for the freshmen and for the scout team folks. Uh, because you never know when, you know, the uh, future is going to start. You never know if you're going to need these guys this year or next year. But you always need to be evaluating these guys. So they just practiced. They did K-State versus K-State. They did their camp practices where they're not necessarily prepping for an opponent. They're just starting to try to, all right, build on the fundamentals, build on the teaching principles for the individual guys, and really kind of grade out and see how they're doing. Um, I honestly think this would be maybe the most interesting week of practice uh, to shadow in on the entire year every year. Because for the first time since, what, mid-August, you're getting some of these guys who have to, like uh, Jacob Knuth, uh, the scout team quarterback coming over from Minnesota, transfer from Minnesota. This is the first time he's getting to run K State's offense in practice. You know, in you know what, a month and a half. Uh, you're getting some of these young guys. You know, everyone's favorite player to talk about, Sterling Lockett, because he's a, another. He's a scout team guy again this year. He's finally getting to run K State stuff. A lot of these true freshmen that we're excited for that they're still probably going to be a year away. They're getting to do K State stuff instead of scout team. So I, I really think this this would be the most fun week of practice if you got to uh, shadow uh, for an entire week, one week every year. Um. Let's see. Uh, he, he was asked uh, this question, and, and this was the correct answer, and, and I agree with it. He was asked about last year's game, if you can take anything away from it. He said you can't. It's two totally different teams, and I agree with him. Uh, Oklahoma State has switched up their entire defense. That pops up a couple times throughout this show we'll talk about. Um, and even K-State, we've switched around enough stuff. There's been enough turnover at different positions on both offense and defense that really you got to trust what you see on film from this year instead of going back and enjoying the highlights from last year. I really wouldn't pay much mind at all to what was on tape last year. Um, we saw Pastore hit the depth chart uh, as a redshirt freshman. 
Uh, we didn't hear what the actual injury is. We've been hearing whispers for a while. He sustained something late in camp. So that's why he wasn't really in the mix when they were trying to find that temporary fix for Christian Duffy at right tackle. I think he's going to be the left tackle next year. I think Pastore is going to be the left tackle. Uh, but he, he's on there. Uh, Coach Kleiman called him a viable option for sure when talking about the offensive line rotation. Um, so so it's good to see that there, and it's good to kind of see the entire team kind of get healthy uh, with the exception of Asa Newsom and Daniel Green. A little a little concerning uh, that it's two linebackers, but, you know, that's football. And ultimately, you know, as we're sitting here, um, gearing up for eight straight weeks, uh, hopefully nine straight weeks, honestly. Um, it will be interesting to see how uh, the health plays into the rest of the season. But Chris Kleiman did say everyone, with the exception of Asa Newsom, who played, uh, has been practicing and will be available for selection for the travel roster at Oklahoma State. Um, when asked about uh, all the different quarterbacks, Chris Kleiman said, hey, they're prepping for Alan Bowman. He played almost the entire game versus Iowa State. He did some good things there. If the other guys come in, they're going to uh, read, adjust, and, uh, and figure things out on the fly. I think that's probably the correct way to go. Again, I- I'm not going to sit here and say I've done a lot of in-depth uh research and a lot of in-depth watching of Oklahoma State because that would be a lie to you. But ultimately... Alan Bowman and really any of those other guys, you're not going to get insanely different looks. Yes, a couple, you know, you know, the, the young guy might be able to run a little bit better. Uh, he might have a little bit more pop in his arm, but he might make a few more mistakes. Honestly, I don't think it really affects too much how they're going to prep for this game. It sounds like they're really just keying in on Alan Bowman. Granted, they're going to be watching film uh, of all the games. You know, they're not going to throw out anything where Bowman isn't the quarterback. Um, They're not going to disregard everything except for Bowman tape. So I get it. I I think they're going about it the right way. It will be interesting to see how much, if any, rotation they're going to do since all the oars came back. Now, here's the news. Um, I don't necessarily love this, but uh, but when asked about Jake Clifton, and if he'll be playing anything or be playing much of the mic, they said Jake Clifton can play all three spots. Uh, but Coach Kleiman kind of parlayed that to talk about Bo Palmer and Austin Romaine and how he's really liked what they've been doing at the mic linebacker and says that, hey, while Jake can play all three spots, they want to focus him on Sam and Will. I personally don't love hearing this. I would have started Jake Clifton right there at the mic linebacker and uh, gone from there. Uh, but hey, I am not a you know national coach of the year type guy like Chris Kleiman is. I trust him. I trust uh, Coach Steve Standard. So we'll see what happens. Uh, could that be a bit of a spin zone? Could that be a little bit of a smoke screen? We'll find out. Um, but hey, uh, if it's not, whatever. We'll, we'll rock and roll. I believe in the staff. And honestly, if they think that Jake Clifton playing at Mike is going to give them the best chance to win, they'll change their mind on the fly and Jake Clifton will be able to do it. So that's something I will be watching for on Friday. Um, getting all the new guys and first-year players acclimated to the program was also a big part of the bye week. Again, I think uh, you know, for a guy like Will Lee, for a guy like Keegan Johnson – for some of these young guys and these transfers, getting another week of practice where all they're having to worry about is their concepts, their core competencies, how to play the position at K-State 
versus also trying to key in and execute a game plan against an opponent, that's absolutely massive. So I am looking for and I'm hoping to see big jumps from a guy like Will Lee, from a guy like, heck, even Kobe Savage switching over positions just a week ago. Some of these young guys who've been playing, like maybe a Trey Spivey, maybe a Jace Brown, Trey Sean Ward, all of these guys who are in their first year in the program, maybe to take a pretty big step up uh, in the coming weeks now that they're able to get more of that practice time under their belt. Uh, Chris Kleiman was asked about Mr. Tenet, Tenet, Mr. Chris Tenet, the kicker. Um, he said that he's showing a different and a better mentality this year versus last year coming off of a rough game. He said that last year, hey, he might have kind of gotten into himself a little bit after a bad game. So that he's really attacked the bye week and he's looking forward to Chris getting out there. And I think the verbiage was he's excited to let Chris get out there and bang it on Friday. So hopefully he's banging it on Friday. Look, I've said it I've said it probably five times since the UCF game. I'm nervous about it. Um, I do wonder how much uh, of a competition there might have been uh, during the bye week for kicking duties. But look, if... Uh, if there wasn't, fine. That's fine. Go get it, Chris. Have a good game. Uh, you know, bang it out of the end zone. Bang through every extra point, definitely, and then hit a field goal or two. Uh, I'll back you. I'm fickle. I'm not. I, I'm not going to hate on you just to hate on you. So if you have a big week, I'm going to come on here and, t- and talk about how you had a big week. Um. He was, uh, Chris Kama was specifically asked about Keegan Johnson's health, and he really said, hey, him and RJ have been practicing the entire time. Everyone except for Asa will be available on Friday, everyone that played versus UCF. We'll see. I'm kind of in I need to see it to believe it mode with Keegan Johnson. Um, so maybe this is his big game. We'll, we'll wait and see. Um, he did say some of the older guys got a little bit more rest during practice last week as they're focusing in on the young guys. But guys like Christian Duffy getting their feet back under him really benefited from those good versus good reps going up against those great defensive ends at K State. So that's what I had from Chris Kleiman. A little bit of stuff from the players. Uh, Uso, he man, what a what a beam of sunshine! I, I love watching the videos. Uh, shout out to K-State Online. I know Go Paracat does it as well. Posting videos of the breakout sessions with the uh, players after media. Uso, just a beam of sunshine, said uh, that they're uh, them trying to and succeeding at owning the line of scrimmage is what has led to K-State's defense uh, having a good time against the run. I agree, and I think he's a big part of it. Again, being a big nose guard like that, being able to take up a double, triple team and still kind of Pushing the line of scrimmage back a yard or two is a massive reason that this uh, rush defense has been so great. Um, when asked what he did, you know, the weekend of the bye week, he said sleeping and golfing, <laughs> which I, I like to hear. Um, I, I, I'm not sure who was asking this question. This question I asked of a couple of the guys, but asking about the best fisherman on the team. And Uso said, hey, if it was back in Hawaii, he'd be the best fisherman. But here up in Kansas, DJ uh, Khalid Duke are the uh, best fishermen getting to see a little bit of that personality shine for the guys. Switching over to Will Howard, he he had a funny antidote about the only time he's actually talked with Mike Gundy was after the 2021 game 
And he came up to him and said, hey, you know, we hope to you, you get to feeling better soon. Hope we get to play you, uh, you know, down the road and all this type of stuff. And Will walked away from it thinking, wow, he, he must think I'm Skyler because that was right after Skyler got hurt back in 2021 and, and Will had just played against him. So I, I thought that was a pretty funny antidote. Um, he, he did really go to bat for the offensive line. He said that they played really well versus UCF. They answered the bell uh, because he, he thought they were getting a little bit of criticism that wasn't warranted early in the season. Now, you can debate uh, the merits of that claim, uh, but I, I do like to see the quarterback going to bat for his offensive line. Um, and, and I do – and look, I, I think there were some very dicey moments um, in that Troy game, in that SEMO game. And there were some big moments where you would have wanted more from the offensive line versus Missouri – um, but I'm feeling really good about them. Uh, I, I agree with Will. I think they answered the bell versus UCF, and I, I do think we're going to see a pretty good game versus Oklahoma State, or at least I'm really hoping so. Um, the final thing I took away from Will's um, conversation and how he talked uh, was he he says it's always huge to score on the first drive of the, the game. And K-State's 4-4 four for four so far this year. He says he loves taking the ball first and setting uh, the tone. Uh, if you do take the ball first, you do have to control the 4 over 4, um, is what he said. And, and again, I don't think that's something K-State has been great at. I don't think they've been good at the final four uh, minutes of the first half or the first four minutes of the second half. I don't think they're very good at that. They were not very good at that versus Missouri or versus UCF. So, look, I, I mean, he acknowledges it right there. Hey, if we take the ball, we have to score and we have to win that four over four. Um, they've been great about the first half of it. Um, I don't want to see it. I, I always think deferring is almost always the correct move. Um, but look, if they're going to score, uh, they have to. They have to score on that first drive. And I'm going to be probably irrationally pissed off um, if they win the toss and they take the ball and they don't score a touchdown on the first drive. Um, whether I'm in the stadium, whether I'm at home, I will be livid. I will have a nice little mini meltdown. Um, so not that any of them listen to this, but if you take the ball, you better fucking score on that first driver. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to talk. I'm just going to move on because I, I don't even want to, because you're just setting yourself up for, for, for bad stuff. If you, if you can't do that. Um, we really do need to, we, we need to have a good four over four again. Uh, there's a chance we could have put UCF away if, if you finish off that first half better, and you sure could have saved a little bit of heartburn if you could have started the second half better. So let's see. That's something uh, I'll, I'll definitely be dialed in on on Friday. Uh, Christian Duffy, he, he was out there. He said that the fans are right there in the stands. They go straight up. When you combine that with the physicality of Oklahoma State, State it's a tough place to play. Again, it, it is it is a tough place. The paddles are loud. Um, I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Uh, ben Sennett said establishing the running game and winning up front is the most important thing. 
uh, and said that Oklahoma State's putting in a new defense, and that's maybe where their struggles are coming from. Oklahoma State is moving to that 3-3-5 defense that's just taken over the Big 12 from a 4-2-5 last year. I, I do get the vibe based on some of the stuff Chris Kleiman said, based on some of the stuff Uso said, even some of the stuff Will Howard said, that they're really dialed in and they're trying to focus on winning that uh, trench battle. So if they don't win in the trenches on both offense and defense, I think that's going to be a really bad sign because I'm getting the vibes that that is being very heavily uh, talked about and focused on going into this game. All right, uh, before we get into uh, stuff I'll be watching, stuff I'll be keying in on, I've never come up with a good name for this part of the preview. I want to talk about my friends over at Charlie Hustle. Look, again, I'll probably say it a couple more times this week because uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But if I go to that game in Stillwater, and I would tell all of you to do this as well, Rock one of the Charlie Hustle lavender pieces because I think that's going to really pop against that blackout. So if I go, I know I'm going to be rocking my lavender K-State football helmet tee. The lavender tee, that classic Bill Snyder silver K-State football helmet from Charlie Hustle. Now you're probably going to have to do two-day shit to get in time before you drive down there. But they have a lot of good stuff. And also... Again, I'm going to say this quietly. I think they're going to drop some absolute banger merchandise before the basketball team. So, or b- before basketball season. So, watch out for that. Also, like I've been saying, they have the brand new Felix Inu DK Uzama shirt, King Felix. So, if you want to be repping Kansas City's very own, but he is our Wildcat, King Felix. On Sundays, make sure to check out charliehustle.com and get your King Felix shirt today. All right, um, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. Um, The Big 12 needs to kind of embrace this idea of Friday night football. Maybe to a lesser extent Thursday. But I think as we move into this 16-team era, they need to try to carve out Friday night as a Big 12 night. Making it one of you know the three or four best games every week. Park that on Friday. Do a big number and really try to own that night uh, as a conference. Now I understand that it creeps in on high school football. I know pockets of the state of Kansas. I know it's really romanticized down in Texas. Whole towns shut down for Friday night football. I get it. I get that that's not ideal. I get that it's not ideal for those teams having to then. Uh, have a home game where they're not going to be able to get a bunch of visitors in. I'm not saying that K-State should have to have, you know, three home Friday night games. I'm definitely not saying that. Uh, but but I think, hey, you know, unless you volunteer for more, uh, say you're, you're going to get, you have to be at least open to having at least one home Friday night game in conference. I think the Big 12 should do that. And I'm going to take it a step further. Further, I think K-State and Oklahoma State, I've said it before, I'm going to say it again, I think that they should play the first Friday in October every single week. I want to carve out that niche. I want to create a little bit of extra lore around this game. And, you know, you're going to get eyeballs on it. Again, you're going to get at least 1.5, 1.8 million, maybe more viewers on a Friday night game 
on ESPN. And I think if you highlight one of your best games there, you could get numbers in the twos. You can get 2.5. If it's a super banger of a game, maybe 3 million. Probably not 3 million, but you might be able to get 2 million viewers on, on good games. Um, and again, I, I think K-State and Oklahoma State, they should embrace this game. Uh, it is uh, based on my quick looking at media guides. I think the sixth most most pl- played opponent for K State behind KU, Iowa State, Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Missouri, and it's the number fourth most played opponent for Oklahoma State behind Oklahoma, Tulsa, and Kansas. So I, I, I again, I think both fan bases could could and should embrace this game with open arms, should push for this to be a protected game. Again, I want it behind KU and Iowa State from K-State's perspective. But in the new Big 12, I mean, it's KU and then K-State for Oklahoma State. And I don't think Oklahoma State football really sees a desire to protect that KU game outside of maybe having maybe an easier game. But again, I I mean, I'm going to probably pick KU when they play Oklahoma State. So... I don't know. I, I think it's something. I think finding these niches, building up some of these rivalries, especially those that do have a little bit of history, um, I would like to keep it going. Uh, so, so that's kind of where I stand on that. I'm excited for the Friday night game. And, again, even if it was in Manhattan, I'd be pumped for it as well. Um, are we going to see any new wrinkles on offense or defense in the bye week? Another thing I'll be kind of keying in on, again, if you take Chris Kleiman at his word, a lot of the time was spent on the young guys. That's not to say that a new wrinkle or two can't be thrown in uh, for the starters uh, You know, during that bye week, work on a new set of packages. It, it'll be easier to see on offense. I'll wait until people smarter than me uh, watch the game, might call anything out on defense, but it's something I'll keep my eye on. Uh, we've already seen Kobe Savage and VJ Payne's uh, flip-flop, which uh, safety spots they're holding it down at. Uh, will we see anything else? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be something to look at. Uh, on the inverse, also look for Oklahoma State maybe to try to do a trick play early, get the vibes going, get the atmosphere there, get the excitement going with your offensive players. Um Again, I, I think we're going to see Mike Gundy pull out all the stops. I think Oklahoma State has their backs against the wall. The last time they started 2-2, two and two, they, they turned the season around. They ended up playing Colorado in the Alamo Bowl, and I think they ended with nine wins that season. So, I, I mean, you, you can't count this team out. And, again, I'm starting to get, I'm starting to get nervous. I'm seeing this big line out there. I'm seeing all this excitement. I'm seeing some of the advanced statistics. And everything should be saying K-State's going to win easy, but I'm, I'm getting a little nervous. Um, we're in week three of Big uh, 12 play. Uh, second game for K-State due to the early bye week, but uh, we can officially start really looking at the conference standings. Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas are playing in Red River this week. One of those teams is going to drop a game. West Virginia's on a bye. So if K-State does take care of business, we're going to be tied with West Virginia in second place, half game back of whoever the winner of Red River is. I think it is fair to really start scoreboard watching from this point on, especially if you get that win on Saturday, especially if you win that game on Saturday, to really turn your attention towards uh, the records and scoreboard watching as it pertains to Arlington. Uh, next thing, I, I want to see what Will Howard cooks up this week. Last year was his, was the game that kind of launched him into stardom. Uh, he has two other rough games against Oklahoma State, including kind of getting knocked out for a period of time or getting banged up. Or did they just go to, you know, uh, 
Trey Lewis. I mean, I I, I don't know. Jaron Lewis, not Trey Lewis. Jaron Lewis. Did they just go to him or was Will banged up? I mean, his last trip to Stillwater, I think the only game he's actually played in Stillwater. Yeah, because 2020 was at home. 2021, that was a rough one um, where Jaron Lewis came in. 2022, he banged him hard. So, yeah, I mean, fourth time he's going to play uh, Oklahoma State, which is wild. Um, he, he has a bad taste in his mouth uh, with that Oklahoma State game on the road. I think we all have our bad taste in our mouth when we're talking about games in Stillwater. So, let's see what the kid can do. Um, you know, let, let let's see. I think he can spin it around. And Oklahoma State is prone to, you know, letting a quarterback beat him. So if we can get a B-plus type of game from Will Howard or better, I think it will be good for his confidence and for the fan base as well. Um, What's the touch distribution going to look like between DJ and Treshawn? Again, I I think DJ, depending on our pace, how how many plays we're playing in the game, I want to see DJ getting 15 to 20 touches at a minimum. I'm not saying completely isolate Treshawn Ward out of the offense, but we saw what DJ can do. He's a certified stud. He he could be a superstar for this team. I think you really need to make sure that he's getting enough touches. Uh, Another thing, this might be something I'm going to be looking for the entire time, but I'm looking for someone to step up as a wide receiver. Um, I mean, I I don't know who who it's going to be. I mean, I, I have a prediction. I just don't know really at the end of the day if there, there is a true number one wide receiver on this team. Um, but Oklahoma State's going to allow you to shine if you do have one. So we'll see what happens there. Um, final thing I'll touch on before we get to the keys to, to V is that if, if K-State's going to win, or I'm going to touch on this in the keys of V, but if K-State's going to win uh, the explosive battle, I, I think this game will be uh, stress-free. If, if we hold them down and we get ours, I think it will be uh, a lot more stress-free than I'm anticipating. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right, let's get to the keys to V, and I will be grading these on Monday's review show. Unless we lose and I get in my feelings and I just record an angry episode like I did after the Missouri game. So let's hope we win and I come back to these. Um, the first one, protect Will and give him time to cook. Oklahoma State secondary, like I said, is going to give you the ability to toss the ball around. Um, they they allowed Iowa State to carve them up. Uh, we saw what Will was able to do last year. Uh, keep them healthy. Keep them upright. Let them cook. Uh, let them make some big plays. Um, so I think that's going to be a big one. Second one, be the more explosive team. Like I said, if, if we are the more explosive team, I think this is going to be a stress-free win. I'm starting to get super stressed out, so I really hope it's a stress-free win. Um, we haven't had a game where we've been able to shut down explosive plays, and quite frankly, we haven't had many ourselves. Um, so if we can get it going, if we can flip that script, I, I think it's going to be uh, a nice, easy win. Um, lean into being the villain. Again, I, I talked about this last um, for, for the away game, Missouri. You know, they were having a gold out. It was a sold out crowd. The the biggest talking point that I was hammering home and the thing I was going to be looking for all season was how this team was going to handle being the hunted. Um, I don't think they handled it well versus Missouri. I, I, I think you allowed 
uh, Missouri to so, show swagger, to show confidence. You allowed their crowd to get into it, as into it as they are able to get. It's not a very loud or intimidating crowd, but, you know, they were in it the entire time. Uh, you got punked, you know, after the game. Again, you know, it, it went viral. You, you got punked at the end of it. I, I want to see K-State lean into being the villain. Uh, Will Howard talks about the us against the world mentality. All right, that's fine, but you can't be timid about it. You got to come in banging your chest like you're King Kong and get the job done. So I really want to see them rise to the occasion, not shrink in front of it, in front of a sold-out away crowd, in front of a blackout. Again, we're going to be getting it. Every single week, you know, the game at Texas Tech is going to be a night game. It's their homecoming. Um, again, every single game, every time K-State comes to the opponent's stadium, that's their biggest home game of the season. Um, it was like that for Missouri. It's going to be like that for Oklahoma State. Actually, Oklahoma State has Bedlam at home. That's a lie. Uh, but, but it's the second biggest one. You know, Texas Tech, it's going to be their biggest home game. Definitely KU's biggest home game. Um, Texas, it's probably Texas's biggest home game because they're, they're playing uh, Oklahoma at Red River in Dallas. So, again, you have to embrace it. Don't shrink from it. Embrace it. And then the final one is do not let Oklahoma State's offense get comfortable or find a groove. Keep a down team down. Do not let a QB emerge. Do not let them get momentum. Keep them down. Tweet at me what your keys to V's are. We will be going live on Zoom tonight, 7 p.m. So if you're following the Speakeasy account, you'll find the Zoom link there. If you're not following the Speakeasy account, slide into the DMs. I'll let you know where it is so you can participate tonight and give me your keys to V. Now, my two picks to click. I talked about my prediction. Uh, Jaden Jackson, I I think he's going to have a big game. I want to go with Keegan here. Um, I, I want to go with Keegan Johnson, but at the end of the day, I just I, I need to see it to believe it. I, I I need to see Keegan have a big game and prove he can be that guy we all hoped he could be uh, before I ever put any sort of pick to click designation on him. I think Jane Jackson's going to have a big day. I, I think he's going to go for close to 100 yards receiving. I think he's going to get back in the end zone. I have a big game for Jane Jackson. And I have a big game for Brendan Mott as well. I'm starting to hear whispers that, uh, you know, the NFL scouts are looking at him. If he can have a big final eight games to the season, or nine games to the season, ten games to the season, eleven, however many games we're going to have, if he can get back on the sack sheet, if he can make some big plays, if he can force some fumbles, you might be seeing him hear his name called this upcoming spring in the fifth or sixth round. He's a guy who could be playing himself into the NFL maybe a year earlier than expected. Um, So I'm looking for him to really kick off the back 66% of the season with a big game down in Stillwater. All right, participate tonight. Please uh, come on the live show. Give me your picks to click. Give me your keys to V. Like I said, we'll be going live. We're bringing it back on uh, Wednesday, 7 p.m. So if you're following the Speakeasy account, please come participate. Let's get into game predictions, but before we do, shout out to my friends, Manhattan Brewing Company, Pumpkin Batch, the best pumpkin beer in the world. It's October, it's spooky season. They're going to sell out of it here soon, so get down to the brewery, get a couple pints, get a couple four-packs, get a couple crowlers, drink as much pumpkin batch as you can before it is gone. They also had an amazing Saison the last time I was in there, absolutely delicious chef's kiss, and you know the Townie Wheat is our 
tailgate beer of the season. Get into Manhattan Brewing Company the next time you're in Manhattan. Couple pints, couple four packs, couple crawlers, and thank me later. All right, game predictions. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while, but the Boneheads had a big week going 12 and 3. I went 11 and 4 last week. I still have a four game lead on the season. I am 44 and 16. The Boneheads 40 and 20. Let's get into it. The, what I would call the Big 12 game of the week. Um, Central Florida at Kansas. Look, fuck Oklahoma and Texas. I'm not going to spend any time talking about that game. We predicted it. I have Texas winning big. So do you guys. Who cares? Um, this is going to tell us a lot about these two teams. Central Florida absolutely shit themselves uh, at home, giving up an absolutely massive uh, comeback win for Baylor. Baylor fans are calling it the miracle uh, at Magic Kingdom, which I think is hilarious. Um, UCF, they're reeling. Um, KU, a lot of internal strife. Uh, lots of rumors surrounding uh, you know, Jalen Daniels. Um, some infighting amongst players. There's infighting amongst their fans. The AD is writing a letter basically saying, Hey guys, uh, please buy some tickets. Please show up. Please sell out uh, the stadium. Um, so lots of weird vibes coming from Mount Oriad on the car. Uh, the Boneheads have a very nice 69% going with UCF. I'm still going to pick KU on this one. I still think Jason Bean is a capable quarterback. I think Devin Neal, Kansas kid Devin Neal, is going to have a big game. I think he's going to have 150 rushing yards, a couple touchdowns. I think Devin Neal is going to lead KU to victory. And how about Kansas running backs real quick? Brees Hall uh, hated that he was at Iowa State, hated that you know he, he's playing for the Jets. Uh, but how about him, Kansas kid? How about Devin Neal? As much as we don't like him being at KU, Kansas kid, killing as a running back. How about DJ Giddens, the better uh, running back than all of them? That's right. I said it. Uh, I'm sure folks won't like that I said it, but I said it anyways. DJ Giddens, absolute beast future NFL guy as well. So three Kansas running backs, three NFL or future NFL guys, three all Big 12 type guys. Uh, so I think Devin Neal has a big game, and KU does beat Central Florida. But I don't think that's going to stop the strife that's going on. I do think that's going to put Gus Malzahn uh, in an uncomfortable situation as they go back to Orlando. We got the Butt Bowl. That is BU versus TT, Texas Tech at Baylor. Um, Boneheads, 77% on Texas Tech. I have Texas Tech keeping uh, the good vibes going. Like I said, I think they have two get-right games before we come to town. Uh, it was a sketchy first half with Houston, but they turned it around in the second half. I think they might have shut out Houston in the second half. I think they're going to beat Baylor. I think they're going to win by touchdown plus. TCU at Iowa State. Uh, TCU, 74%. Uh, TCU reeling a little bit. Um, you know, they were not able to get the job done despite how badly West Virginia wanted to give it to them. Iowa State, uh, is, is this the beginning of the end? Again, uh, Matt Campbell went freaking feral going after a fan down in Norman once again, uh, for chanting hot seat at him. So, uh, <laughs> if TCU gets into, uh, Ames, Iowa, and uh, it's an ugly game. Could we see a third week in what would be what six, 
three out of six, three out of six weeks where Matt Campbell goes after a fan. Stay tuned. I also have TCU. Notre Dame at Louisville. I got Notre Dame big. Uh, I'm not a believer in Louisville. Um, I don't really love Notre Dame, but I'm not a believer in Notre Dame. Uh, Boneheads have Notre Dame 80%. Nebraska at Illinois. Boneheads have Illinois 68%. Dude, Illinois just got smacked around by Purdue. It's not like Nebraska's any good. They got smacked around by Michigan. I'm going with Nebraska. If anything, just to kind of be a little different with you guys. Um, but, but but I'm going with them. Um, you guys have Illinois 68%. LSU at Mizzou. Tigers versus Tigers. Look, um, I honestly kind of... Part of me thinks Missouri's going to win, uh, which I hate because my preseason pick to win the national title was LSU. Um, I think LSU gets it done, or at least I'm picking them. I don't know if I really think it. You guys are 257% LSU. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's probably going to be an entertaining game, so we'll see. Alabama at Texas A&M. Boneheads have Alabama 81%. Uh Again, I hate, I don't like doing this. I'm picking Texas A&M, though. I, I, I think Kyle Field will be rocking. Um, and I think Alabama drops this one. Don't love it, um, but I'm picking it. So there it is. UTSA at Temple. Uh, UTSA battling through their first year in the American. I have UTSA. So do the Boneheads. 75% meep, meep to our friends at UTSA. Fresno State on the road at Wyoming. Uh, I think this is on Big Boy Fox. I think this is the uh, Fox, Big Boy Fox, 7 p.m. kickoff. Laramie getting the prime time uh, love. Uh, I think this is going to be a great game. I'm going to 100% be watching this. I have Fresno State. The Boneheads have Wyoming 58%. Boston College is going to West Point to play Army. Boneheads have Army 65%. I also have Army. Boston College, the fact that, I mean, and again, the ACC might collapse. So, I mean, who knows what their future is. But Boston College has always been one of those schools that have just freaking pissed me off. That the idea that they were going to have a seat at the quote-unquote big boy table while K-State wouldn't during all these conference Armageddon situations. I'm sure Washington State and Oregon State are pissed off to high heaven that Boston College is in the ACC, that Cal's in the ACC, some of these teams, and they're going to, going to try to figure out a Pac-2 situation. I don't even know what's going, going on out there. But I just want to fit that in to basically say, Boston College, uh, I hate you. Go Army. Purdue at Iowa. I'm going with Purdue. They just waxed Illinois. Iowa, I mean, who knows? Talk about a shit game. Uh, Boneheads have Iowa 55%. North Texas at Navy. I got Navy 61%. I just want to get Army and Navy in this week. Uh, I have Navy. Boneheads have Navy 61%. Wednesday night football. So as you guys are listening to that, that's right. As we have the live show, have that on in the background while you're participating on Zoom. But we have football every single night for like the next 50 days. I think all the way up till the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. 
I think that's what it is, all the way to the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. So over a month straight of at least one football game every single night. This is one of them, Jacksonville State at Middle Tennessee. I'm going with Middle Tennessee, so are the Boneheads. But that's right. We got CUSA action on Wednesday, and I think on Tuesday next week as well. So get excited for that. And then here we go, the K-State game, the Charlie Hustle K-State game. Um, again, I know what I'm rocking, whether I'm going to be in Stillwater at home, I'm going to be rocking the lavender t-shirt with that silver, sexy K-State football helmet with wildcats across my chest, the most comfortable and stylish t-shirt I own. Shout out to all the good people over at Charlie Hustle. I have this game being way closer than I want it to be. K-State 31, Oklahoma State 24. I don't like it. Uh, I'm getting nervous. I have a lot of anxiety around this game. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully it is a big number. The Boneheads have K-State 99%, so they're feeling very confident. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, tune in. Again, if you're, if you're going down to Stillwater, rock the lavender, especially if it's from Charlie Hustle. Uh, drink some Manhattan Brewing Company beer and have a good time. Join us tonight. Wednesday, 7 p.m. for the live show on Zoom. If you're not following the Speakeasy account, where the link will be, uh, slide in the DMs, and I'll make sure you are set straight. They've been going about 45 minutes so far this year, so it's not even a full hour. Come hang out, chat cats with us. So be a friend, tell a friend something nice, go make someone's day today. For Chauncey, the best dog in the world, we love you guys, and go cats. Hail to the purple, hail to the white, wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight, hail alma mater from sea to sea, onward Fight UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State!
Social Podcast Network.